The whole goal for any social platform is that that social platform wants people to spend more time on that social platform. Oh, I know YouTube. I know you're talking about. And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world-famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How you doing today? I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to the 54th episode of the Chris and Christine Show. Do-do-do-do. Fantastic. Number 54. How you doing, Christine? How you doing? <laughs> I told you to stop asking me that today. That is not the right question to ask. Today has been a day, a day that I do not want to repeat, and it feels yet like it's repeating over and over again. Uh, yeah, well, we all have our ups and downs, and today happens to be a down day in the Chris and Christine show world. Now, Christine, um, before we get into all that fun stuff, where in the world are you right now? Because right now in the studio, I don't see you. In the, I do see you <laughs> on the webcam right now um, on the other side, like millions of miles away. So where are you right now? I am up in my hometown of Kingsburg, California, a little tiny Swedish village in central California, spending some time with my family, who I haven't been with for seven months of COVID craziness. Um, actually, I hadn't seen them since, well, I saw my parents briefly, but uh, I haven't been with my family since two weeks before Christmas. And so I'm going to be working remotely because um, I, I do work from home right now because my mom's having surgery this week. And because of wedding planning, I needed to come up here and do things like get the wedding dress fitted and all the things. Oh, okay. But as far as wedding planning goes, everything everything's actually down here. The wedding's being going to be down here, but the wedding dress and all that stuff is up north. Yeah. Right. So like our musician is from my hometown, um, getting my wedding dress fitted with my seamstress is up here. And today I spent the day with my mom. Uh, much needed girl time together. Uh, oh, yeah. How's, shop- she do- how's she doing? Sh- well, we went shopping for her mother of the bride outfit and we found it. What is the mother of the bride? Um, well, she is my mother and I am the bride. So she's I, mother duh, of the bride. Duh. I guess I should have thought about that. You know, um, <laughs> gosh, how stupid can I be? Now, um, it's <laughs> she kinda, has it's- to have a nice, she has to have a nice outfit for the wedding. It's like she gets walked down the aisle, as does your mom. And so it's a thing. For like the mother of the groom and then the mother of the bride to have a nice outfit. So I'll now um, in the next couple of weeks be planning a little outing with your mom so that we can get her all dolled Ooh. up. I know. Yeah. Is she, is she gonna, are you going to buy her a dress or how does that work? Well, we have to go and find the perfect outfit that she feels absolutely spectacular in. It's a, it's a must. I get my fancy dress. They get to wear whatever they want. Well, what about my fancy dress? What do I get to wear? Well, you know, if you'd like to wear a kilt, I think we could arrange that. <laughs> I think I have one in the closet for uh, St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> oh, with gosh. My, with my uh, pub shirt that says, uh, I drink guineas uh, on the reg. <laughs> <laughs> You're in rare form today. You know what? This is like, it's so nice to hear you laugh and smile because today has been rough. So first of all, I am 350 miles away. And what was your plan going to going to be for today, Chris, before things happened? Uh, things happened? Are you talking about the thing that happened? Well, we'll talk about the thing after you tell me what you had planned today to do. Are you, are you talking about the uh, podcasting we're doing right now or something else? 
Oh, I don't know what I'm out of town, you know, when the cats away, the mice will play. So what had you had planned? Oh, with I got kiddos? so excited. I got off work early last night. I got super excited. Got up, did some podcast editing. I watched some Netflix um, and I just had a, a good old time. It was great. Then I wake up this morning and it was not so great. But um, one thing, well, Christine was well, gone. What happened? Okay, so I wake up, I go downstairs, and I'm kind of groggy. I'm like, oh, so I walk downstairs and I walk into the laundry room because I had some laundry I started doing last night. I go inside there, and then I notice, wait a second, why is all this water? And there's water everywhere. There's water all over the floor, all over the laundry room floor, all in, I open the garage, and it's all into the garage. It's like water like everywhere, and I'm like. I hear water running, like a trickling sound of water coming down into like a puddle of water somewhere behind the wall. And I'm like, oh, no, not again, not, (laughs) not again. So I'm freaking out. And then I. Okay. And I have to pause you for a second because as you're freaking out, Chris forgot to turn off the security cameras at home. And we have the same app. Uh, We have the Blink system from Amazon. Shout out to that system. Um. And I'm getting these alerts and I see him opening the door and running outside to the water main because we have a camera that shoots right on there. And I see him like panicked in the video. And I was like, my phone hasn't rung yet. Something's going on. And I was picking up my phone to call you and I get this call. And what did you say? Give me the exact voice. I I, I think it was something along the lines like, I am so stressed out right now. (laughs) No, we have a problem. No, you go, babe, 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 something's wrong. It's really wrong. I don't know what to do. Something's wrong at the house. It's really bad. I don't know what to do. I'm panicking right now. And I was like, what happened? What's going on, Chris? You're like, there's water. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Again. It's everywhere. Again, because we just had the water leak recently. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, so we found. So did like the dryer, did it spring a leak or something? Uh, no, the dryers don't spring leaks because they're I not. Mean, they're, they're doing <laughs> the washer. <laughs> so the vacuum cleaner spring leaks. No, the vacuum cleaner's <laughs> fine, and so is the air compressor, and so is the uh, you know the refrigerator's all right too. But no, um, what happened was, but the microwave's like, not. The, the microwave story. The microwave was leaking everywhere. It was crazy. <laughs> no, what happened? I think that the um, the water uh, the tank for the the hot water heater. It somehow sprung a leak or a valve or we don't really know where, but somewhere around the water heater and attached to the water heater, water was running down the water heater and running out to below. And the water heater and the HVAC system both sit on this little platform that is actually like... um, Like an elevated empty box, right? Right, right. Underneath it is where the vents are for the air conditionings, like the the, the vent, the air comes in from the house. The air return, yeah. Yeah, and then it goes into the air air conditioning. So all that area there was just a pool of water underneath that thing. And they had water down the walls. It ran through the garage, out the other side of the garage, down both sides of the garage. So we started calling people. No, not only that, it also seeped into the downstairs bathroom. The water that was in the laundry room seeped through the wall and underneath the wood flooring in the living room. So y'all know that we just finished, not even three weeks ago, a major upstairs renovation because of a, a leak. Um, from a water main, um, not a water main, but what's it called, Chris? Uh, the supply, um, it was a supply line to the... Um, yeah, the supply line failed to the sink. And so we had just repaired and 
beautiful drywall repair through the ceiling of the garage. Water was like pouring down and just had that repaired. And so Chris wakes up the first time that I've been able to get out of town for seven months to be with my family. And he is in absolute crisis mode. Panic mode city. And by the way, if you don't know that this weekend, it happens to be the hottest weekend of the year. We broke records here in San Diego for being how hot it is, like 100 plus, 115. Not only that, it's a three-day weekend. Right. So anybody you call to help out is like, you know, but we did get somebody to come out. We got Service Pro. They came out. They started cutting the walls. Service Masters, not Serve Pro. What? Service I, Masters. I, I get those mixed up. I don't know. I know. What, Service what, Masters. Well, who were they called? I think that's what I called the insurance company. Service I told Masters. It was Service Pro. Whatever, but whoever it was. They came out and they cut wall holes in the walls. They get get the uh, to the frames. They get the water out. They start sucking all the water out. They got these machines downstairs. Same thing they had last time, but they got a bunch of them, like ten of them, because they're doing the garage, they're doing the laundry room, they're doing inside the downstairs area, they're doing the bathroom downstairs. They're doing. There's one in every single room, and like they're all over the place, and they're running, and it's hot. And while they were doing that, they had to take the door off of the laundry room to the garage. And that happens. And off of the, yeah, the laundry room to the garage, which is the one thing that separates us from a super hot garage in a heat wave, right? Well, not only that, is that the air conditioning unit sits right next to that door. So it gets all its nice cool air to re- or nice air from inside to go in and out um, through the system is from inside that room. And they took the door off. So now it's getting nothing but hot air. Right. So I was pissed about that, which brought the I – turn, I turned the air off while they're working today, and it got the inside of this house up to 95 degrees wow. inside inside the house, downstairs, not including what's upstairs. I'm sure upstairs is like 10 degrees hotter, so probably 105 degrees upstairs inside the house. Um, and then once they put a, like a makeshift like tent, like uh, – like tarp door they made with a zipper. It looks like the scene from Outbreak when they had like the sealed doors and they had to like zip them up like to keep like the decontamination rooms. That's pretty much what it is. (laughs) So they did that and then they got the, um, so we got to be able to seal that door off so I can run the air conditioning unit. Now the air conditioning unit has been trying to keep it, get back to normal um, weather, which right now it's at like, well, as I checked, it was got it down to like 86 but still inside, 86 degrees, you know, I mean. So is it hot where you are right now, Chris? Uh, that's a little bit. I'm upstairs, and it's a little warm. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and the thing is, because of those fans and the dehumidifiers that they have in, you're supposed to keep all the windows closed because otherwise it pulls the humidity out of the air instead of pulling the humidity out of the walls and everything. And so it's trying to heat things up to dry it out and then like literally they're like dryers imagine having like 50 million hair blow dryers blowing out hot air trying to dry everything and then also dehumidifiers trying to pull out all of that moisture all while you're in a house with an air conditioner that Mind you, we talked about two weeks ago, just got fixed and yeah, is and it, kind it, of it, on the brink. <laughs> it's, it's on its like last, last leg. And this might be it. This may have to replace it. I don't know. We have to wait till the insurance uh, adjuster comes and gives us whole report and figures everything out. Hopefully, it's covered by insurance. It should be. The last leak was covered by insurance. So it sh- this one should be too. Um, so I know, but it's so nerve wracking because upstairs, the upstairs renovation ended up running right around $12,000 repair. And what? then. Why don't you tell me? 
My goodness. $12,000. And then um, this now downstairs is a nightmare, all in the midst of having to cancel our Hawaii wedding and plan a new one. And so for all of you out there in podcast land that are listening, if you are the praying kind, if you are the good vibes kind, if you are the... I don't know, do a rain dance for, you know, positive energy kind, whatever you believe in. Can you send all the positivity our way? Because as if 2020 wasn't hard enough with COVID and everything else, let's add two massive floods in the house and a canceled and replanned wedding on top of it. And I am just grateful, Chris, that we have made it through this. I might be a little edgy today, but we're still here. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're all a little edgy today. Um, I mean, today has been like uh, one of the worst days ever, I would have to put it as. And um, the only good thing is that I was looking forward to all day was doing this podcast with you tonight. And thank you so much, babe, for joining the podcast and allowing us to do our podcast tonight. Because that's like a, a crappy, crappy day, sitting in the heat, 110 degree weather, inside, couldn't do nothing. Uh-huh. Um, this is it, you know? This, this is, is your silver lining. It pretty much is. Speaking of uh, that, you know, it's... uh, Yeah, and I was really looking forward to it, too, because this week on our episode, uh, we have one of the, well, the first podcaster you ever listened to that is our featured guest, who is a VIP. He's an expert in the field, and he sat down with us for a really interesting interview. And I think it's just the perfect way for us to end this really challenging day. Wouldn't you say, Chris? Yes, yes, definitely. And we will have him on the show right after this. Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show. This is the Nostal Junk Podcast, where one person's junk is another person's childhood. I'm Matt McGraw. And I'm Kyle Smith. Join us each week as we take a deep dive into your pop culture consciousness and discuss everything from movies, TV, music, cartoons, toys, video games, and more. And we want to hear from you, so connect with us. Nostalgia means so many different things to so many different people, so share with us your favorite piece of nostalgia. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Pod. And you can subscribe to us on all the major podcast platforms. Let's get this thing up to 88 miles per hour, and we'll see you next week. And welcome back, everybody. Today's VIP guest is a technology lover. He is a writer, narrator, and a podcaster. You may know him from the podcast How Stuff Works, or you may know him from his current podcast, Tech Stuff. We are super excited to welcome to the show, Jonathan Strickland. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for joining us today on this lovely Saturday. Yeah, well, thank you for inviting me on. It is a thrill to do this. I, I heard rumor that perhaps my podcast was one that, that you're somewhat familiar with. Yes, as a matter of fact, I am. You know, it's funny. When I first got my very first iPhone... 
back in the day. It was iPhone 2, which happened to be called iPhone 3G, if you remember that one. So I went from like an old Samsung, like I think it was called the, it looked like a BlackBerry, but it wasn't. It was called Blackjack, I think it was called. So I went from that to an iPhone, plugged into the computer, pulled up this thing called iTunes. And I was like, oh, what's this iTunes all about? Podcast? What's this? Oh, let's flip through here. Text stuff? Oh, let me check this thing out. And then I played text stuff, and it was the very first podcast I ever heard, and it was by you, Jonathan, so thank you. Wow, that would have been around 2008, which is around when we launched it, which meant you listened back when Chris Paulette, who was my editor at How Stuff Works, uh, that was the company that originally launched all the stuff shows like Stuff You Should Know, Stuff They Don't Want You To Know, Stuff Mom Never Told You. <laughs> you know, all, all of those shows came out of How Stuff Works. Uh, and Chris was my editor and my co-host at that time. He hasn't been on the show since 2013. Right. So it's right. it's been a while. But uh, that's fantastic. It's, it's, it's cool to hear that. I mean, I was in the same place you were in that the first podcast I listened to was from CNET and they had a show back in the day called buzz out loud. And it had Molly Wood and Tom Merritt and, uh, and Jason Howell and then a few other people. And I had been listening to that for about a year and a half. And then I, I got the opportunity to launch tech stuff at how stuff works and they even they were saying, "Hey, there's this thing called podcasting." I'm like, oh, I'm familiar. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so I jumped at that opportunity. But it's so it's so cool to hear that people who are creating stuff got into it. You know, there was a sizable gap, but got into it after hearing something that I did. That's that's incredibly gratifying. Well, I will tell you, Jonathan, Chris has been so excited. All week long, well, since we we reached out and he booked you for the show because you really were his inspiration. And so he's been a little bit of fanboy mode. For me. Oh, hey now. <laughs> but it really is, you know, thank you from the bottom well, of my heart for inspiring him to something that we now find so much joy in together. We appreciate that. It's uh, honestly, that is the best stuff to hear. I, I got a, a similar experience when uh, a listener had tagged me on Twitter and they sent me a link to a short film they had created. They, they produced, they entered it into a film uh, a festival, and it was all about geocaching. And in the film, they referenced the fact that he learned about geocaching from text stuff. And you guys might know what this is like. Sometimes you sit down and you talk into a microphone and, you know, you've done all the prep work, mm-hmm. you you speak into it, you get that audio file, you clean it up, you publish it, then you get ready for the next one. And so you're already thinking about the next show. Maybe you're in prep for it. Maybe you even have multiple ones lined up to record one after the other. So you don't get a chance to really think about what you just did. Right. And sometimes you forget that people listen to it. And then you see these things pop up or you hear these stories and you just think, wow, what I'm doing really I mean, I've always felt that it mattered, but this is showing me that it matters to other people. And that's really just incredible. Well, it totally does. And, you know, Chris got into he got us into podcasting. Next week is our one year mark for our, our podcast anniversary. 
And when we sat down and he invited me to co-host it with him, we were just dating at the time. He ended up proposing to me right before one of our episodes. So it's become a real centerpiece of our relationship and kind of view it as almost like quasi-therapy. We talk through things on the show. Yeah, we didn't think that anything would happen of it. Like, well, I got started. I'm like, okay, let's just do this for fun. Let's just play with this, like a new toy. Let's just play with it. And then uh, people responded. They seemed to like it. So I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But it's going along with what you're saying that you don't know what the reach is or the impact is. And whenever you're talking about something that it could inspire somebody to do something unique and different with their life. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, that's one of the goals I always have in my show is that I tell people, yeah, it's a show about technology. But really, when you peel back the layers and you look at the underlying philosophy beneath all the tech talk, it's really a show that emphasizes compassion and critical thinking. Those are like the two things I really want listeners to walk away taking as important that the the tech stories are really interesting, but by applying compassion and critical thinking, then you can really dissect what's important in these stories. And you can see how things went wrong in the stories that uh, where things go wrong. And you can see how things went right in the stories where things went right. And you can also kind of navigate somewhat tricky waters. I mean, technology and marketing are so closely tied together Mm -hmm. that often it can be difficult to separate a real message from, you know, catering to wishful thinking. So having that sort of feedback of someone saying, hey, yeah, this this matters a lot. I mean, it, it at least tells me that I'm doing the right thing. You definitely are. And we are excited to learn more about you on this show. And it sounds like you've been in the podcasting space for a good number of years. But let's talk about what happened in your life to lead you up to that. What's a little bit of your backstory? Oh, boy, settle in. Uh, (laughs) Just to set up the ridiculousness of my career path. uh, In college, I majored in English literature with a particular focus on medieval and Renaissance lit and a, uh, an extra focus on Shakespeare. So if you want me to bust out any Shakespeare, Go just ahead, tell me. Please, 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 please. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. My lesion, madam, to expostulate what majesty should be, what duty is, why day is day, night, night, and time is time, were to nothing but to waste night, day, and time. Therefore, since brevity is the soul of wit and tediousness, the limbs and outward flourishes, I will be brief. Your noble son is mad, mad calling it, for to define true madness, what is it to be nothing else but mad? But let that go. Whoa, that was a mouthful. Very nice, very nice. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. awesome. That would and be what a, was that from? That would be a, a little a little show called Hamlet. Oh, uh, I've I was, heard of that, that was, yeah. Yeah, that was Polonius, who, who thinks he knows why Hamlet's acting crazy, and he is almost 100% wrong. So, um, <laughs> so that was what I studied in college, and I still occasionally will do some acting stuff, very rarely. Uh, I would even perform at the Georgia Renaissance Festival because it was a way to entertain people directly as a street-performing character. And I did that for many years, and I find great joy in that. Uh, but then when it came to a career, I worked for several years in a human resources consulting firm. Uh, you guys familiar with the film Office Space? Yeah. Yes, I you, love it. You, you know the Bobs in Office yeah, Space? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the guys I, came in and like fired everybody. <laughs> I worked for the Bobs, so <laughs> oh. the Bobs were my bosses. And I did not have a, I was not a consultant. I just, I worked in essentially proofing, editing, designing RFPs, all that kind of stuff. Really boring stuff. But I I liked the people I worked with. 
And then after seven years, they uh, I didn't get fired. They eliminated my position. So it's not uh, yeah, that, that. Yeah, that's a yeah. soft way to say it, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't fired. I just didn't have a job anymore. Um, <laughs> so I thought, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, I, I stuck with that job because it, it paid pretty well. It was stable, at least for seven years. And I was pretty good at it. But I didn't like the job. So I thought, I'm going to go and land something I really like. And so for three months, I hit the ground so hard. I was like, I was interviewing with uh, Turner because I'm, I'm in Atlanta. Turner Broadcasting is in Atlanta. Okay. So like Cartoon Network, all those kind of things. I was interviewing with them. Uh, I put in an interest with How Stuff Works at the time. But after three months, nothing happened. And then after that, I said, okay, now I just need a job. <laughs> like, right. It would be nice to have something that's really good. So after another three months, I got another gig at a different consulting firm and my soul was crushed. Why? Uh, Why? What happened? Well, just because I was going right back into the same sort of work that I was forced out of, but I had hoped to make a transformation in my life and to do something I wanted to do, not just something I could do. Oh. And, uh, and, but none of the opportunities panned out for me. I mean, it was a very competitive field. There were other people who were far more qualified than I was. It's, I'm, it's not a sob story. It's just like, it just didn't work out. So I took this job at this other consulting firm. Six months later, I get a, a note from how stuff works saying, Hey, you remember when you interviewed with us half a year ago, would you mind working with us now? So, oh, wow. um, I put in my notice at the consulting firm. I started on February 15th, 2007 uh, at com. I was one of two staff writers. Uh, the other staff writer was Tracy Wilson, who is co-host of uh, Stuff You Missed in History Class. Okay. okay. And yeah, sh fantastic writer, editor, amazing person, amazing podcaster. And uh, after a year or so, then... We had the opportunity to launch the podcasts, which we did. Uh, then Discovery Communications bought us. Wow. Right. I, I then, remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Things went nuts after that. Um, so one other thing, uh, ridiculous part of my journey, this will be super short. Uh, I have worked for the same group for, you know, 13 years, essentially, wow. but I've had five different bosses, <laughs> five different, <laughs> you know, five different corporate owners. Cause we well, went with, yeah. WebEx to Discovery Communications to Blue Cora to uh, System One to iHeartRadio. Although yeah. technically we're Stuff Media for a second too. So are you are you under the iHeartRadio umbrella then? iHeartMedia yes. it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we yeah, went that's... to the uh, big iHeartRadio festival last year in, in Las Vegas. The music festival. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. We were there for that. In My Las boss Ve was there. I didn't get to go. Well, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> we were in the nosebleed seats, but we were yeah, we were, like they we were like literally reach your arm behind you, hit the wall. Right, but mm. we acted like we were a big deal, you know, because we're at the iHeart Radio Festival. And tickets so. were not cheap, by the way. I know that. <laughs> they no, were, they weren't. So to peel back the curtain a little bit, you know, they're not cheap for iHeart Radio employees either. <laughs> what? I thought you guys got front row. No, I mean, like if you if you're doing something at the festival, then sure. But uh, if you are if you are going to attend as a, a music attendee, then we get a you know, we get we get a little bit of a discount. But it's uh, it is still one of the a significant um, indulgence, let's say. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, um, you know, when I bought tickets, I was hoping to go this year to the new for this year's, you know, of course, you know, COVID, you know, not so much. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was our plan to come again, you know. But uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. No. This this has really been a 
transformational era for, I mean, for everybody, obviously. Uh, it's been really interesting to see that, like, I, I was wondering how it was going to affect the podcasting space, since we know that a lot of people like to listen to podcasts when they're commuting. Right. But, right, right. But people just don't commute now, because most of us are stuck at home. Uh, but the the interesting thing is, is that, like, the, the numbers are going great. Like we're my, I still have tons of listeners and a lot of shows are doing really well. And so we're really pleased with that. I don't know how people are listening now. I mean, maybe they're doing the same thing I'm doing, which is I, I have podcasts going on whenever I'm walking the dog or doing anything outside. So yeah, it's perhaps, I mean, I, mean, I work and I drive for work. So that's kind of what I do. So I'm a, I'm a truck driver. I drive local gasoline to local gas stations and so that's why I started doing podcasting because I've always been in the driving. It's always been like my career has been like driving stuff. So mm-hmm. I've always had like podcasts. It's always been you know, with me. That's just my job, though. So I have the opportunity to listen to it all the time. Yeah, the, some of our some of our most uh, dedicated early fans were truck drivers who would uh, they were the ones who were writing into us. And it was great because that was one of those first indications like, oh, wow, people are actually listening to this thing that we're doing because, uh, you know, in the early days, we had no way of knowing. I mean, there were there was no tracking information about downloads or anything. Everything right. was through iTunes. I mean, Apple was the one and only stopping point for podcasts. Right. So. It's, it's a very different world now. Yeah. Speaking of that being a very different world now, so you talked to us a bit about your journey and what led you into podcasting, but what is life like now for Jonathan Strickland with iHeartMedia? Well, um, there's a lot less walking. So, uh, <laughs> so my, my office is three miles away from my home and I would walk to work. So it's an hour each way. It's actually how I listen to most podcasts. Oh, wow. well, there you a, go. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a way for me to, you know, exercise also to kind of clear my mind, to prepare myself and also clear my mind at the end of the day. You know, the stuff we do, it tends to be a lot of information overload and right. that, that can be just as exhausting as physical labor can be. And so, you know, it's nice to have that hour long walk back. It, it sounds like it's a lot, but it was actually really kind of centering and calming for me. Well, that's all gone now. Now I come downstairs and I work out of my home office instead of in my fancy schmancy studio over at uh, Pont City Market, which is just an hour away, but I can't, you know, go there. So now I come down uh, and I, I record in my office, the office that I'm sitting in right now. The nice thing is that tech stuff is a solo show. So I can literally just turn on Audacity is what I use. I just record right hey, into Audacity. There you go. We do too. Because yeah. it was yeah. free. The price was right. It was free. You know, <laughs> and, and it does everything you need it to do. It's it's a little bit of a learning curve just because of all the different options, but it does everything you need to do. Now that's not what we use in the studio. We of course we not. Use, yeah. we use audition there, but. Uh, for the purposes of what I do, like I just need to do a first pass before I send it over to anyone who's listened to tech stuff knows I have a super producer named Tari and I send this over to Tari as soon as I'm done. And then she does all the rest of the magic to it. So she gets the wave file and does all the rest. So all of my research, all of my recording is done out of here. Occasionally I will do an interview, uh, and that's a little different, but other than that, I mean, it's it's a lot of staying in the same space, trying to pick up new hobbies so that I don't get too um, in my own head. Yeah. Team. Yeah. How's that? Uh, how's the guitar coming along, buddy? 
Uh, you know what? It's funny you should ask. Uh, I have I have finally learned how to play a C chord. Um, <laughs> really? So, yeah, I just I just started playing. I'm a left hander, so I've always kind of shied away from a lot of musical instruments just because it can be tricky for left handers to learn. We have fewer options. It's just it's just a, a another challenge. It's not like it's insurmountable. There are numerous amazing left-handed players out there, some of whom who play right-handed. That's just not for me. I don't have that dexterity, oddly enough, despite the fact that that's where that word right comes from. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm a more sinister type. That's another old French joke. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the Stratocaster was the one that I was really drawn to because I, I love all sorts of music. I have a deep love of music. But I really love the old surf rock stuff. Oh, like, Beach Boys type stuff? Beach Boys, Dick Dale. like Oh, yeah. Uh, like the Ventures, like all these kind of like th- that really twangy sound. And if I wanted that, then it meant that I was either going to get a Jazz Master, which is a, a pretty particular guitar, uh, a Stratocaster, which is what Dick Dale played, or a um, maybe a Jaguar, uh, which was used the in car? a lot of... No, no, no. It's Fender, Fender made a guitar. Kurt Cobain played one. Fender made a guitar, called, although not Kurt Cobain wasn't really known for a surf guitar, but, but Fender right. made a guitar called the Jaguar. It's just not as famous as the Telecaster or the Stratocaster. But, right, um, right. Yeah, I love practicing it. Well, that's good. You got time. So you live, so you're at home and you're under quarantine. So you're obviously mm-hmm. not working in the office. You're working at home now. So has that really affected you? Like, as you have, I mean, do you find yourself, I mean, how, how does it, how does it affected you? Like in, you know, being at home, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's a great question. So, um, I consider myself an extrovert more than an introvert and at work, this would manifest in a way that was, uh, it, it was very helpful for me. It's probably the most distracting thing in the world for my coworkers, because if I found myself getting to a point where I was stuck all I needed to do was get up and have a conversation with someone. And then I would be able to get back on track, refocus, take things from a new perspective and get the ball rolling again. A problem was, is that most of my coworkers are introverts. So they find the discussion, like the exact opposite. <laughs> Go so away like, from me. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd be like, well, Josh, if Josh were here, I could talk with him. He's another extrovert, but I mean, that's, he's not here very often. So yeah. So it got really tough, uh, but that's way harder here, right? Because the only person who's here is my wife. Uh, and I love having conversations with her. We have great conversations, but she's also working. So, and she does a lot of QA work for a major airline and is often on very long calls. So I can't really go and talk with her. Tybalt, my dog, terrible conversationalist. So he always listens. Don't worry. Yeah, he he does. He does. He does talk back a lot. Uh, He has this little yodel he'll do. But um, yeah, it's that's the hardest part for me is that being an extrovert in this era it, it in order to maintain my focus and my motivation and my energy, it is a daily challenge. Um, so it's something that I, at least I'm aware of that so I can build that into my approach, but it is something that has been particularly tough on me. Everything else, like all the technical aspects, all of that's easy. Like the, you know, it's easy to do a podcast with a decent microphone. I have a USB microphone. I'm not using anything super fancy. Mm -hmm. You can do all that. That's the easy part. The hard part for me is just not being around those super smart people who 
who know at least as much as I do right. about their various fields. And often they know more than I do about my field. And, and it's just having that is invaluable. Definitely. So in that switch of the environment for you, since you've been working at home, how do you find your inspiration and creativity for content creation for your show? Well, one thing that has consistently been an enormous help are my listeners who will send me messages and say things like, hey, have you ever thought about doing an episode on such and such? And even in the cases where I have done, I mean, I've got more than 1,200 episodes now. Wow. Uh, With more more than 1,200, chances are, if it's like, hey, have you thought about doing an episode about, you know, General Electric? I'm like, yeah, I did like six (laughs) of them. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But but it, it... it makes me think about things like, well, can I take that another way? Can I maybe update an episode? Because typically we're talking about shows that haven't, you know, aired for a couple of years and I can at least do an update to an old one. And that is really helpful. It also tells me what people want to hear, right? Like otherwise I'm just finding stuff that I find interesting and that's, that's got its own value. Mm -hmm. But to hear from my listeners like, Hey, could you really do an episode about TikTok? It's in the news. I just want to know more about it. Uh, Is that coming up? Is that coming up Uh, next? It's, it's, it just published, but, um, uh, the, the, I've got some other ones that are, uh, very timely in the news. Uh, I've got one about Quibi. That one's the one that's, uh, so we're recording this on a Saturday. Quibi, the Quibi episode comes out on the following Monday. So, like in, in two days from when we're recording this, Quibi will be out. So that one's a, that was a fun one because I got to talk a lot about uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman, both of whom have notorious personalities. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, going back to TikTok for just a second. Oh, Christine, Christine was so hooked on TikTok for a hot no, minute, though. I just have to get your perspective on this. And, and maybe you can answer this. Maybe you can't. But how is it that people get so many followers on TikTok, like I tried, I dropped a track, you know, I yeah. did my little dance. I got like 15 views. Like, what's the secret? I think the secret ends up being that the, you've, you've got algorithms that are looking specifically for types of content that are, they're looking for trends. So mm. the algorithm is already looking for things that are trending. And the problem with that is breaking through and becoming something that trends you're not getting any help from that algorithm, right? right? So people who are just scrolling through TikTok, they're not seeing stuff that's being uploaded by someone who's who's uploading something for the first time, even if that something's really good. Right. Because the algorithm is just looking for what what are things that people have already watched that what are they going to watch again? Because the whole goal, the, the, the way you get into the heads of these things, the whole goal for any social platform is that that social platform wants people to spend more time on that social platform. Oh, I know YouTube. I know you're talking about. No, but yeah. I, get, I get lost on TikTok. I actually deleted it from my phone uh, because I was spending. You did? Way, I what? I did because I was spending way did, too much time on it. Is that because Trump told you to? No, <laughs> <laughs> but it was because I would like get in bed and be like, oh, I'm just going to watch a couple of TikTok videos. And then an hour and a half later, oh, yeah. I'm like, what just happened to me? <laughs> That's how they get you. I mean, but that's that's exactly that's the whole goal of these different social media platforms is that they have to find a way that's sticky that keeps you on that platform. Because we have to remember this is not this is not meant to be a judgment because I use a lot of social media. Mm -hmm. But we have to remember we are the products. We're the things being bought and sold on social media because they're making money through selling us to advertisers. So the only way that the social media platform has value is if it keeps people 
engaged in the social media platform. So the stickier something is, the more valuable it appears to advertisers, and then they can make more money. So once you start thinking in terms like that, then you have to start thinking, well, how can I create something that has a benefit to me knowing that this is how the social media platform works? And the people who are really good at that can make an incredible living doing that. Even knowing that that's how it works, I I still can't do that. That's not my <laughs> my skill set. I oh, mean, I, I have fun. I have fun on social media, but I am I am not like despite what brands will say to me when they send me DMs. I don't think I'm an influencer. So well, maybe you should try it. You never know. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could uh, you know maybe for the Gap or something. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me while I drink my Coca Cola in Atlanta. <laughs> Well, I will say, you know, just last words on TikTok. I was super excited for the one video that I posted that got a thousand views Whoa. on it, but it only got like twenty likes. So there, you know, you got to look at that ratio. But did you, too. did you say, Christine? Did you say like twenty, like, like a thousand likes is like nothing? It's like a drop of the bucket. Compared- hey, hey, why are you knocking my mm. accomplishment? Chris? Okay, well, good job, good job. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, like, like if it makes you feel better, the the video that. Uh, got the most views that I was in the the one that went truly viral is a video about the transatlantic accent you know the old timey accent oh, of radio yeah. and movies and uh, uh, that one went viral and I think it has something like four and a half or five million views or something like that on YouTube uh, I didn't write that one I was just the the on-air quote-unquote talent for that one huh. I wrote plenty of other videos none of them went that viral And so I have received numerous requests to do like radio spots whenever Catherine Hepburn's birthday rolls around. They're like, let's do a a, a special on this. And the whole time I'm thinking, I'm not even the guy who wrote this. I just (laughs) I just said it on camera. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) So, Jonathan, being that you are uh, all adverse with tech stuff and technology, what do you think is coming out in the future we should be looking forward to? Um. I want to say augmented or mixed reality. I want to say that because I've seen the potential for that to do truly amazing things. It's been around for a while, though. It's been around, right? Yeah, it's been around. Augmented reality has been around for a while. But the the fact that when you compare that with things like miniaturization and, and battery optimization, all the things that are necessary for you to have a practical working augmented reality, like headset, something beyond just having your phone. I, I think it needs to be a very lightweight headset and 5g connectivity would be another big part of this. All of these different elements together would make it possible. And the potential for that for everything from entertainment to uh, practical use you know people like doing construction work being able to see things like where the wires are going to go before you've even started to build a building like that's incredible stuff and the problem is multiple levels uh it's it's still very expensive very few people are actually really developing for it and we don't have like 5g full rollout to be able to really lean on that. So everything right now has to really be tethered in order to be responsive. But that's the thing that I personally look forward to because even if it never becomes a consumer product, something that you and I would use at home, the potential for it to make enormous impact in fields like medicine, that would be world changing. 
Yeah, it totally would. And it makes me think of, because my full-time gig, my full-time job is in education. I've been seeing more and more educators talking about the potential of integrating like VR headsets into like the distance learning setting since kids aren't in class. But then there's this other conversation of it would just be so nice if there could be this almost virtual learning environment that wasn't Zoom where we all could feel like we were in a classroom and engaging together. And I just thought, man, that's like mind-blowing technology ideas there. I wonder if somebody's working on it. So it sounds like that's what you're saying to look out for on the horizon. That's that's what I'm looking out for. I mean, I would I th- in my dreams, I think of because of my background in 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 Shakespeare, I think of a future English class where you put on these augmented reality glasses and you can see overlaid in front of you the uh, what the globe, globe stage theater. would have mm-hmm. looked like. Yeah, you could be in a theater, but then see the overlay of how the globe looks compared to a modern theater and get an appreciation for what that environment was like and how the the factors they were dealing with being in an outdoor theater as opposed to an indoor one and all of those elements and how that that shaped the writing of Shakespeare like these are things that when you experience it you start to have a deeper appreciation and understanding of the subject at hand and I think those are the things that stick with you more. Like when you understand why something is the way it is, it's it you you really that really hits you as opposed to just, you know, memorizing dates and stuff. Right. Totally. Now, controversial question for you. There's a lot of conversations about how the advancements in technology are leading people to become more disconnected. What's your take on that? I think it's a double edged sword. Um, on, On the one hand. Uh, I have relied very heavily on technology to keep me in contact with people because my my schedule is such that I don't have the chance to hang out in person as much. And without the tech, I would really be feeling isolated. Right, right. now, I would feel totally lost. Um, right. But at the same time, at the same time, I do get that too. Right. Like, there's something to be said about the distance you feel when you're communicating with someone through a screen, it's almost like the entity on the other end isn't really a person. Mm -hmm. And we've seen so many, like, I think a lot of the really bad behavior we see online ultimately comes down to when you're interacting with a machine, you're not interacting with a person and therefore you're not extending the considerations you would to another human being to the communication conveyance you're using. So Mm. I think I don't think that's the end all be all of bad behavior on the Internet. I think it's a contributing factor. I mean, anonymity can be a big part of it, too. Echo chambers can be a big part of it, too. So I think like everything, uh, it is complicated. Um, Hamlet would say there's nothing either good nor evil, you know, but thinking makes it so. Oh, I like that quote. Well, get out there, people. Let's go for a walk. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, we do have one final question for you, and that is, since you've been in this space with podcasting longer, what advice would you give to Chris and I as we look at launching into year two of our show? I think as long as what you are doing is fulfilling to you, that's the most important part. Uh, Things like building audience, you know, building a community where people can congregate and that community can exist even when neither of the two of you are active on it. That's a really important thing too. Uh, I think that that's one of those wonderful things that 
I've seen other shows do. Uh, Ridiculous History has a wonderful Facebook community. And the hosts of Ridiculous History, they'll pop in there occasionally. But that community is active all the time. Like, Oh, wow. They're all just chatting with each other because they have this shared interest and it's a place for them to have those conversations. I think creating spaces like that becomes extremely valuable. Uh, you know, it's it, it can be tough early on simply because you are still building an audience and there may just not be enough of a, of a, a number out there to fill a space uh, on a frequent basis. But that's really what I would recommend because I find that when you give that space to people and you show that you value what they say and that their input is important and that, you know, you are thankful for their participation. Oh, always. They, they, yeah. Yeah. Then they, they have that sense of, this isn't just their thing. This is also my thing. You know, they, they take a sense. It's not really ownership, but they feel like they belong to it. That is the most powerful feeling. And it's something that when you nurture it, you get these incredible experiences. You get these incredible listener feedback emails. Uh, you get presents that you didn't ask for. I've got, oh, a, wow. I've, really? got a, I've got a, I've got a custom built ukulele. On the wall behind me. It is a ukulele made out of hardware parts, like literal cabinet parts. What? And it plays and it has a piezoelectric pickup, so you can actually plug it into an amp. No a way. listener made it for me because I once mentioned, hey, I, I'm starting to learn how to play ukulele. So he made a ukulele for me. What? That's amazing. That is that is now that is fantastic. That's yeah. amazing. And that's the sort of things that can happen when you really do create this space and you tell people like we're in this together. I mean, podcasting is an incredibly intimate medium because people are listening to you. Usually with headphones, you're right there in their ears. It's like they're part of the conversation with you. So welcoming them into that conversation in multiple ways that I think always pays off big time for everybody. It gives everyone more purpose. It makes you feel good. And you know, you just, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful outcome. It's something that I highly recommend everyone try. Um, it can be tricky to find the right space for it. Some people that is Facebook. Sometimes that's not, but finding that kind of spot for you. And this goes for all podcasters, finding that spot where you can, you can nurture a community and allow it to flourish. I think that that is invaluable. And also stick with it too. It's kind of a long game, you know, it's not something happens overnight. Oh yeah, no. I mean, like, if you're really lucky, then you get you get some something that's beyond your control, right? Like, iTunes for whatever reason will put you in a in a highlighted thing on their page, and suddenly your your numbers will spike. But you can't count on that. That that's something that happens and is a is phenomenal when it does. How does that happen? <laughs> uh, in my case, it happened because the guy who was in charge of deciding what went on the 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 page listened to tech stuff and it happened to be an episode he really liked. So he oh, wow. put it up and but that was years and years and years ago. Like, but yeah, there was less podcast back then too. I bet. Oh yeah. Yeah. No discovery is also it, just with every online platform. Discovery is increasingly difficult. Uh, YouTube is, is the poster child for that. You know, everyone's heard that, you know, something like 500 hours of content are uploaded every minute on YouTube. So wow. how do you, how do you stand out when that much stuff is being thrown at the platform? Right. It's a, it's a, it's a difficult thing. And the best advice I give people is do something you believe in, keep on 
doing it as long as it feels fulfilling to you. Don't count on it being like an enormous success, but be enthusiastic about it. Invite people to listen. You know, all, all the things you guys are doing are the right things. And to me, that's how you define success is that if you're feeling like what I'm doing matters, people who are listening feel it matters too. That's the measure of success. Everything else are numbers. It's nice to have big ones, but it's not really that important. Well, thank you so much for sharing that and for giving those sage words of wisdom. Now, we would like to ask you not a question, but for a final Shakespeare quote of your choice. Oh, um, let's see. Uh, let's see. What would be a good one? Uh, <sighs> but for mine own part, my lord, I could be well contented to be there with respect for the love I bear your house. Huh. He could be contented. Why is he not then with respect for the love he bears our house? He shows in this. He loves his barn better than he loves our house. Oh, let me see some more. That's a hotspur from King Henry IV. Part there one. we go. Wow. I, I was listening. I was like listening to try and hear where you're going to say names. Could I like oh, try oh, to piece them together? Yeah. That whole, that whole speech is amazing. Hotspur is reading. He's uh, let me indulge just a second. Sure. He um, he's leading or he's trying to get together a rebellion against King Henry. And he has written to various nobles throughout England. And he has just received essentially a rejection letter. And so the only person on stage is Hotspur, who is this hot-headed, angry young man who's trying to lead this rebellion. And he gets into an argument with a piece of paper because it's just a letter. He he doesn't have the person (laughs) in front of him. So he's reading the letter and he's getting so mad that it gets to a point where he's not even able. He says, and you lie. Like he can't even get (laughs) words out anymore. He's so, it's one of the funniest scenes in Shakespeare. Well, we've all done that. We get a text from somebody. We do the same thing. We start yelling and then we write them back. (laughs) Yep. Yep. We, you know, you get, you get that, that moment where you have the meltdown. Maybe you even write a terrible email. Then you delete it. And then you're like, Oh yeah. All right. Calm down. Calm down first. (laughs) Calm down. Take a deep breath. That's like what Chris says to me every day. I'm like, I'm going to write them back. And he's like, just take a breath. Don't do it Mm -hmm. yet. Well, don't don't be hot spur. Right. Well, Jonathan, where can our listeners find your podcast and find you on social media? Well, the podcast is Tech Stuff. You can find that on the iHeartRadio app, on iTunes, on Spotify, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. You can find it there. On social media, uh, the handle for the show on Twitter is Tech Stuff HSW, because even though we're not with How Stuff Works anymore, it's hard to change names once you get them. Right. And, then, and then my Twitter handle is John Strickland. That's J O N S T R I C K L A N D. And you'll get to probably see me tweet an awful lot about guitars. <laughs> that's awesome. That's fantastic, as Chris would say. Hey, that's my line. I think that's <laughs> <No>. fantastic. <laughs> but we appreciate you so much for being on the show and taking time out of your very busy schedule to be here with our little podcast. And uh, just thank you for taking the time to invest in us today. Absolutely. This was a true joy. And uh, I do apologize for my loquaciousness. <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> it's all good. Thanks, John. Thanks, guys. With so many podcasts out in the world, you have a plethora of options. Take a chance with Too Many Captains, a movie podcast. Mixing comedy with an academic look at film and Hollywood culture, this podcast is perfect for those looking for a fresh perspective. 
from deep dives into classic films to debates on digital streaming versus physical media and film discussions based on randomly chosen topics in our What Are We Talking About segments, there's something to satisfy all your movie podcast cravings. So if you're feeling lucky or feel the need for speed, grab your shaken martini or some fava beans and a nice Chianti and subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. For more content, visit amoviepodcast.com. Find us on Instagram at Too Many Captains Productions and on Twitter at It's a Film Podcast. Too Many Captains, the jolliest bunch of podcasters this side of the nuthouse. Well, that was a pretty cool interview to have Jonathan Strickland on the show. Wow. Yeah, I really liked his background and liked learning about like how he got started with podcasting. I thought his interest in guitars was super interesting too. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, it's always fun to have a guitar. I love guitars. I got one. You know, I have had a couple, but uh, you know, you've heard before. I try playing with it. You know, I know. I was surprised that you didn't like pull it out during the interview and try to serenade one of your superheroes of podcasting. Yeah, I would, but uh, <laughs> normally I would do that, but I didn't have anything set up right for that. You know, what I'm saying you know, I got to set up all the different stuff, microphones and et cetera. Et cetera. I know because you're kind of a big deal. Yeah, I know. Kind of, kind of, sort of. So, Christine, uh, this uh, podcast is uh, being brought to you by two different forms of uh, technology. Speaking of technology, speaking of Jonathan, we are using Clean Feed for the audio, and we're using Zoom for the video. This is not a sponsored ad, but it is us showing our appreciation for being able to remotely podcast. And we do use cleanfeed.net for all of our recording needs. And so if you are a podcaster or somebody that's looking to do remote interviews, we definitely recommend cleanfeed.net, including the pro version. Right, Chris? Oh, right. The pro version's got more toys you can play with. But the free version is great, too, because you can do the basic audio connection. And it does sound absolutely crystal clear when everybody has the right appropriate equipment. Uh, yeah, and that, that was very exciting to be able to have Jonathan on the show and to be able to use clean feed with him and um it's very exciting to be able to also use it here between you and me even though we're 350 miles away so love but you it look, but you feel like you're right here i'm looking right at you you look like you're right here right now i'm looking right at you this is great i love this oh that's so cute well i have good news do you want to hear the good news at, on, a, on a day like today of course i want to hear good news all right, so I tried on my wedding dress today, which is the first time I tried it on since it came from the store, since it got shipped. And despite all the COVID, all the stuff, all the, you know, people talk about the COVID weight gain and everything, I tried on my dress and it fit me perfectly. Now, was it, uh, that's fantastic, by the way, but did it, was it like, um, do, you, do you think it was snug or too loose or anything like that? <laughs> asking me right now no, I'm, I'm telling you it fit me the same exact, exact way as exact it did when i got it from the store fantastic i'm just making I sure know. i'm making sure that, that maybe you should celebrate don't be I, asking me about my weight on ca- <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not saying that i'm just asking because you were worried about it not fitting or one way well, I, I was you know because i've been with covid i've been working from home i haven't been walking as much you know chris and i have a beautiful home and despite some of the things that we talk about, it's a great house. And the one thing about it, though, is that our neighborhood doesn't have very many walking trails. And so I haven't been able to like get out and walk around as much and like um, exercise as much, especially with it being so hot. And so I was a bit nervous. But you know, I have been careful with like during the day, 
what I, you know, consume and things like that. But um, anyways, the point is I was very excited to put everything together and my mom helped me get it on and helped me get my dress on and all of my undergarments situated and um, took a couple pictures for me to be able to have. And I was so excited because it's like 76 days, 75 days countdown until our wedding day. And it's like, we're finally in preparation mode. You know, with a Hawaii wedding, it didn't always feel as real. But now that we're like fully planning a wedding, it feels very real. Why, why does it feel more real now than it did when, um, you know, I mean, being, being that it was in Hawaii, why, why, what, what's different now about it? Like you said well, that. Well, I think that in Hawaii, everybody else was handling everything and we had to change our plans so much. It just always kind of felt up in the air, like it wasn't going to be real till we got there. And now it's like we're going through the process of like getting all the vendors and like talking about little wedding favors and meeting with the pastor, which we did earlier this week and those types of things. Right. So you're actually here in town. Everything's here. You can physically see and touch everything. Go to the place and actually see it, you're saying. But once in Hawaii, you said it's somebody else's dealing with it. You're just going there, popping in, popping out. And it's like a mill over there in Hawaii. It was like a, a wedding factory, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> and going in, to, going out. And we had to let go of the idea of having a reception over there. And, you know, so here we're able to have so much more of what we we wanted and I think that today was a really nice day for me to be able to spend some one-on-one time with my mom. And, you know, that's kind of the hard thing when you're a girl and you're wedding planning, especially when you have sisters. It's like you want to have your sisters around and you want to be like planning together and you want to like do the things with your mom for wedding planning fun. And COVID has taken so much of that away because we had to be so isolated and everything was closed. And so it finally felt like maybe... We were getting back to a little bit of normalcy. My mom and I actually got to go walk through the mall today with our masks and everything. But, you know, being able to be there and pick out an outfit for her was so fun. But uh, the dressing rooms were all closed. So we had to sneak into a corner wait. and she had to like put the dress on over her clothes. <laughs> wait, wait. So they don't let you they don't let you put on dresses in the uh, stores or how's it You work? can't try on any clothes. They're all blocked off. And so we were like, well, how do you know if something fits? And the lady says, well, you can buy it and take it home. And if it doesn't fit, return it. And so I just found a corner for my mom that was kind of shielded. And she was wearing just like a T-shirt and some jean shorts. And so... Um, she was able to put the dress on over and it fit perfectly and her little jacket went with it. And then we went, you know, had to find the perfect shoes for her and then had to find the perfect jewelry. And I didn't get to do that first time around with my mom. I think I was a bit of a bridezilla. What? You get out of here. (laughs) What do you mean? I know I was, I was young and it was like, I was young and it was like, I just wanted it to be perfect and it was about me and I have such a different perspective where it's about like our family and coming together and just making a beautiful day of joining our families. My perspective is different. So it was so lovely to just have that time with my mom today. Oh, that is fan. I would call that very much fantastic. (laughs) And so she says, hello. Oh, does she now? Well, I tell her I say hello too. (laughs) 
She was sitting in the car for 17 of the 27 calls that I got from Chris today. <laughs> oh, was she? She shared everything. I feel bad I, now. Every time, every time I'd pick up the phone, I would say, you're on speakerphone. My mom's in the car. <laughs> and I would say, what the bleep, bleep, bleep. No, you would go, okay, great. Um, so. <laughs> Here's this problem now. And here's this other problem now, and I don't know what to do, and I'm stressed out. It is hot. It's hot here, and it's hot in the house, and uh, yeah. Yeah. So I want to say, babe, that I really, really miss you. I'm looking at you through the webcam. It's not the same. Aw. Well, you know, distance makes the heart grow fonder, and I definitely miss and, you too. And and having problems at the house that you can't take care of also makes what? you grow fonder. So you're missing your executive <laughs> assistant versus your partner. Well, partner, assistant, executive, c- CEO, president, manager. You're all you. You have so many titles. You booger. You're right. I do. But I think it's really important for you to walk through this too, because it it does allow you to actually feel the level of stress that I had to endure with the first round of repairs. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, well now uh, we do have Oh, good news though. I got some good news too. Okay. Not much, but the good news is (laughs) they temporarily gave us water to the house it oh, happens. Yes. Cold water. <laughs> it, I took a shower and it was cold, but it did turn hot for a minute. I think because all the water in the lines that are out, you know, because it's so hot today. Uh, yeah. So it did a little bit of warm, sh- warm shower going, but uh, mostly cold. Which when it's 120 degrees, it may actually feel pretty good when yeah. it's when it's uh, cold. So did you go check downstairs afterwards to make sure there was no more flooding? I have not done that yet. Should I go <gasps> look, Chris? Oh my gosh! <laughs> like okay. Send us good vibes, everybody, because I I just have this nightmare that Chris is going to go downstairs and see like 17 inches of water now. (laughs) Another flood. It's like Noah's Ark. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. Now you got me all worried about that. Now you're going to check if you got flooding or not. No. You know what? We are going to make it through this. And I think that this is a message for everybody that's going through hard stuff in 2020. Like, It feels heavier when hard stuff happens right now because we're already going through COVID and there's so much else happening. But if we are a testimony to anything, it's that we can do hard things and we can come out in a better place on the other side. And I still feel like 2020 is going to redeem itself and it just might happen to be on 11-20-2020. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds sounds great. I love that. Uh, Christine's wedding day. It's, I know. That's Christine's <laughs> speech of the day, uh, plugging our wedding day in the same process. I love it. That's great. No, it's me saying I need to stay positive before I go crazy. That's what it is. Yeah, we all do. We all do. So, well, anyways. thanks, everybody, for being here with us on this episode 54 and for listening to a fantastic interview with Jonathan Strickland with Tech Stuff. And uh, make sure to check out his podcast and his social media Um, And thank you again for being such loyal listeners. We appreciate all of you and your encouragement and support. Right, Chris? Absolutely right. Hashtag what she just said. And I got to say, we will see you guys next week. Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret. So love the people who treat you right. Forget about the ones who don't and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward. <laughs>